everyone remain calm. Back for more, huh? Well, yeah. Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and then screaming. Somebody talk to me! What is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. <laughs> How long is it going to take for that to spread around the globe? This was all John Hammond's dream. <laughs> Hold on to your butt. <laughs> Seriously? Well, we're back. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 257th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss... All Things Jurassic Park. In today's episode, we kick things off with a mini edition uh, of the Jurassic Wire. So Aaron Beyer joined me uh, for a short amount of time today to set up today's main segment, which you'll hear a little bit more about in in a second. I'll I'll set that up in a minute. Um, But uh, yeah, we wanted to set up that segment. And uh, of course, we did talk about some other details, as always. I mean, it is always hard to contain our conversations on the Jurassic Wire, so we discussed a few things. But uh, be sure to stick around to the very, very end of the show to hear us chat about a spoiler detail that was revealed uh, this past week or so via Sam Neill. <clears throat> he was in uh, some interview, and he revealed a dinosaur that's going to be showing up in Jurassic World Dominion. So we do discuss that dinosaur in full and what it may mean for Dominion, but again, that is at the very, very end of the show, after the credits, after we technically end the show. Uh, so if you don't want to hear any spoilers, turn off the show once we start the outro. It's after that. But uh, again, so our main segment for today, which Aaron and I wanted to set up for you guys, features Tom Fishenden and the Innovation Center. So we did ask Tom to set up a chat for something that... Uh, uh, well, myself and Aaron had been trying to set up for, for quite a while now, and it just was unable to <laughs> to work out via timing and stuff like that. But it was for the, um, the Jurassic Gives Back charity drive to come join us, discuss Jurassic on the Jurassic Wire. Um, and, you know, I'm still hopeful that maybe in the future we can get set, something set up there uh, with the Jurassic Wire and our guest. But uh, the timing, like I said, just did not work out on that one. So without letting it go on too long, I wanted to give the winner the chance to discuss Jurassic on the show here. So Tom Fishenden gathered a little uh, overseas group to chat all things Jurassic. He grabbed contributor Arjun Boss and the winner of the contest, Jeremiah, a.k.a. Belgian Jurassic, whom you've, you've probably seen him uh, floating around social media media or specifically over on youtube he's got a lot of great reviews and cool stuff over on youtube uh so the three of them at least got the chance to talk a bunch of jurassic topics and i'm i'm actually really glad that that worked out for jeremiah to join the episode so i really really hope you guys enjoy this one and uh yeah hopefully we can get something to work out in the future uh with jeremiah and the jurassic wire but uh again congratulations to jeremiah uh for popping on this episode and thank you so much again uh, for, t- for participating in the charity drive. That that really meant so much to us uh, for Jeremiah and every other single person that participated in that charity drive. So yeah, I hope you guys, uh, I hope you guys really dig this one. But uh, before we get started, let's take care of some quick business here. Um, over on our website last week, speaking of charity drives, uh, Tom Fishenden wrote up a great little article focusing on a charity drive that's going on right now. 
So I'm sure you guys have seen it, but uh, Neems uh, over on the Jurassic Your World Instagram account and, uh, you know, him as the movie poster guy, he put together a great uh, charity drive to collect toys and some money and stuff like that to donate uh, some toys to uh, a few different places like the Orange County Rescue Mission and Toys for Tots. And then, of course, Tim over at Collect Jurassic is doing some campaigning as well and Tom as well. So we've got a lot of uh, really cool stuff on that article. So please, please. Be sure to help out, and uh, any amount helps. This is something uh, that uh, you know I've been I've been hoping to do for a while now, and I'm glad to see uh, Neems take it over there and uh, get some money out and uh, get some toys out to people in need this holiday season. And I think that's awesome. So please go check out that article on our website. And uh, yeah, outside of that, stay tuned because we're probably going to be doing some charity drives on our our YouTube channel as well. So be sure to look out for that. I'm going to be trying to schedule some uh, live streams and some stuff, stuff like that. So you can donate via buttons on our, our YouTube account. So anyway, uh, that's that, uh, with that article and, uh, over on our YouTube this past week, uh, we did some toy hunts. I think did we, did he uplo- up- upload anything else? I don't know. I don't know. I've, <laughs> I've been like promising things on YouTube and I, I never know what I'm going to do over there, but, uh, I do intend, like I said, to do those, uh, charity drives over on YouTube coming up so- shortly. So keep your eyes peeled for that. But, uh, this week you're definitely going to see some more toy hunts. I've been like banking a bunch of toy hunts recently. Um, I, I feel like, uh, recently, anytime I've gone to the store, I come home and I'm like, oh man, I forgot to get that one thing. And then the next day I'm like, I got to go get the thing. And then again, I'm like, Oh no, I forgot. I needed another thing. So I go the next day. So I'm like, I've been going a lot recently and, uh, you know, I got to stop by the toy aisle, guys. I got to see what's going on. And there's been a lot of changes. So it's been fun to kind of uh, take a look at what's going on in the toy aisle because it is like the holiday season, like I mentioned before. And there's a lot going on in the toy aisle. They they constantly refresh it, try to get some good stuff in there, whether it was for Black Friday uh, or, or post-Black Friday. There's so much good stuff in there. So keep an eye out on our YouTube channel for some more fun toy hunts this week as well. But uh, yeah. Oh, and lastly, I did want to plug a few things here. Um, this this past week, uh, I had the chance to have an episode air on this podcast, Ruined My Childhood, uh, all about Jurassic World. So I joined uh, Phil and Eric on this podcast, Ruined My Childhood, uh, to discuss how Jurassic World may have or may not have uh, ruined my childhood and my love of Jurassic Park. Uh, I'm sure you guys know what the answer is really is um but if you want to hear more i think we had a really really fun discussion on you know if there is any merit behind jurassic world ruining our childhood love of jurassic park um but you guys know my answer look i'm here (laughs) i'm doing this each and every week so i think you know my answer but it is fun to kind of analyze the situation as well and think about what other people think and hear what the guys on on that show think as well and i i've been on that show that was my second time and i i love it i think the format is really fun and uh you know you you do wonder and you do hear it a lot that uh you know future franchises have have ruined people's uh thoughts and ideas on on you know previous films and honestly it's not it's not a a bad take i guess you could say because there are you know there are things that tend to 
uh, ruin things or make you make you at least think differently about what you saw in the past, whether things are retconned or just changed in some way. And I think that's something that we do talk a lot about here on the show is is, uh, you know, do the changes that they make today affect what you thought about the original films? And some ways good, some ways bad. So I think it is an interesting conversation to have anyway. But uh, I, I love the show, and I, I thank you so much to uh, – I want to thank them so much for having me on there, Phil and Eric. So please, uh, if you want to find out more about the show, please head to the link in our show notes. I'll be sure to include a little – uh, player in there or something so you can actually listen to the show and uh, share it around. So please give that one a listen as well. If you like this, I'm sure you'll love that episode as well. Um, also, uh, if you guys are into The Mandalorian, I have been uh, doing a lot of uh, stints over on the Forcecast with Ryan, uh, the host over there. Uh, we've been covering uh, each and every episode of The Mandalorian this this second season here. So that has been an absolute blast. Uh, they did just upload an episode on the uh, most recent episode, which has their quick takes. But I'm going to be joining them again uh, for a live stream over on their Facebook uh, about the most recent episode featuring a, a pretty big character coming into the universe. Uh, so I'm really, really excited about that. But I've been having an absolute blast talking about Star Wars um, if you guys listen to this show, you know that I talk about Star Wars pretty often uh, and compare it to the Jurassic franchise. I think there's a lot of good comparisons there and things to analyze as far as what they've done and what we're doing over here. So I uh, I just love The Mandalorian. I love discussing that over on the Forcecast. And I've gotten the chance to do it, like I said. Uh, yeah, I think it was every episode so far and i'm going to be doing that live stream for the for the the current episode this week so i'm really excited i think that's been a lot of fun so hopefully you'll get to hear me more over there discussing the mandalorian but uh yeah i i uh i suggest you go give those a listen as well go check out the force cast but um i think that's about it so uh why don't we go ahead and get this episode kicked off with a short iteration of the jurassic wire The debate over Isla Nublar rages on. They're taking no chances of a repeat of the San Diego incident. I'm talking about man-made cataclysmic change. The U.S. Senate has convened a special committee to answer a grave moral question. Roger that. Air 1, clear for takeoff. Begin tracking. Copy that. Go, go! What's going on, everybody? Brad here uh, today just to give you a quick introduction to our upcoming segment here. I also have Aaron along with me. Hey, Aaron, what's going hey, on? <laughs> uh, you know, same old, same old. Man, it's been really slow lately. Yeah, I know. it's It's been rough, but uh, I still think there's plenty of good Jurassic stuff to talk about, whether it's just like, you know, older topics or diving into certain theories and, and fun fan stuff. I think there's plenty of stuff out there to discuss. But as far as like breaking news and, and us recording like a four-hour segment, I was like, you know what? I don't know. There's not really a ton to cover. So Why are we, up to, why are we at four hours? What, I happened, don't what happens in this segment? It was supposed to be like the hot takes, and now it's just turned into a day and a half worth of listening. I I don't know, man. I really don't know how that happened. But it, like literally the past several episodes, it's like we're just going to be going until 2, 3 a.m. or something like that. And I don't know how. Oh, it's like it's almost a guarantee. 
So this week uh, we decided to uh, hold off on the wire, but um, a few uh, it was a few months back we did a contest, Jurassic Gives Back, where we um, asked people to donate to charity and stuff like that, and we also gave away some fun prize packs. Um, and one of the prizes was to be a part of the Jurassic Wire. So that went out to Belgian Jurassic and our buddy Jeremiah there. So he was the one who actually donated and won that prize. And we've been trying over the past few months to get that to work out. Uh, but he is, I guess he's out in Belgium, right? So it, it was like the time difference and everything. Every time we went to go record and then us doing these like two to four hour shows, it was just like... It, it wasn't working out to our favor. So I'm, I'm definitely bummed out because I really wanted to get to talk to Jeremiah about, you know, all kinds of Jurassic stuff. But we didn't get that opportunity. But we are uh, – we did actually give him the opportunity to speak with uh, Tom and Arjun uh, instead. So they are over on that side of the world, I guess. So <laughs> – I mean, it, that it, makes it logistical makes things, sense. Yeah, right? like, it makes things yeah. easier as far as recording schedules go. <laughs> but yeah, I was I was a bit bummed that we couldn't talk with Jeremiah. Maybe we can get something worked out in the future. But uh, I know Tom and Arjun will have uh, have a great time talking with him and have plenty to talk about no matter how much news has been hitting the airwaves this time around. So hopefully we get some news, though, coming up sometime, sometime soon. I don't know. One day. Do you, do you expect anything, you know, now that the film is wrapped and we know it's what it's 2022 and we don't know of any video games. We don't know of any uh, anything, really. I mean, we're unsure about the toys outside of like a um, potential line for next year. Like there's not a whole lot of stuff and we don't have any live tours or what's going on. We don't have a lot to talk about for the next year. So hopefully we get something, but I don't know what that is. I mean, so I think Kenner or Kenner, <laughs> I wish. Um, no, I think Mattel, who is also doing a great job. Um, I think Mattel uh, will obviously, uh, I think there's going to be some animals that they pull um, from yeah. their lineup um, that they had planned for this coming year. So I would expect to see, uh, honestly, I don't even know if I would expect to see any replacements in that line. I think, I think we're going to have uh, another year of repaints, um, maybe something that was designed to come out with the Dominion line that maybe wasn't in Dominion, um, uh -huh. similar to like, you know, is it Mayunga or Majungasaurus being in the uh, CC line? Uh -huh. um, you know, I, I would expect maybe something like that, like, oh, it's a new dinosaur, but like, you know, don't get too excited. It's probably not in the movie, um, <laughs> you know, kind of situation. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think that um, it, it animals that have been maybe spoiled, I, I would expect to not see those animals uh, in toy form this coming yeah. year. I would imagine that Mattel will hold those in a warehouse um, just because it's not like it was with Big Rock where like they couldn't nail down a release date or a form for that. Like Dominion now has a release date. It's far enough down the line. I think that uh, – Mattel, I would imagine, probably owns their own warehouses. I, would, I can't imagine they're renting warehouses um, stateside. So uh, really, it's it's no skin off their back at this stage uh, to just hold those those figures um, until a later yeah. date. 
Yeah, and then plus whatever figures we get, we have to think about Camp Cretaceous. So we'll get some Camp Cretaceous discussion going on next year probably. Um, yep. And hopefully some news, whether it's trailers or whatever breakdowns we can do. Uh, but next year, hopefully with toys and Camp Cretaceous, that should hold us over until 2022, I, I guess. I am willing to bet that merchandise almost spoils every animal, though, uh. up until – the movie like i yeah i just because like like i'm saying like oh it can be in a warehouse and that's all fine but i think that if you're just joe security or you know whoever and they're just you're just like oh that that's cool and snap a photo um or we get like some kind of like uh retailers like merchandise book like sneak peek or something um you know what was it? The Indominus was leaked with a uh, with party supplies. Is that yeah. like basically what happened? Um, yeah, that stuff like that. I think is going to happen, Plates. which is unfortunate, man. Like, yeah. it's really unfortunate. Yeah, and uh, we are going to be discussing. Uh, I guess uh, I, I'm not even sure you could say potential. It seems like it's a definite dinosaur that we'll be seeing in Jurassic World Dominion. Uh, but we're going to save that until the very end of the show, like we usually do with the Jurassic Wire. We always save potential spoiler content for the very, very end of the show. After the credits, after we say goodbye to the show, we'll pop back in and we'll discuss something that Sam Neill brought up in an interview. I'm not sure if he was supposed to do this. Yeah, nobody so nobody we'll said otherwise. Very weird. That was it, it was super weird. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the kind of thing that's like bound to happen over the next few years, I guess, uh, until we get the movies. So, um, you know, it's it's going to be hard. They they probably had some conversations maybe after this interview about like, hey guys, let's not reveal any more dinosaur names, or let's not reveal. How about nothing? Let's just say nothing until the next movie comes out. Um, yeah. But yeah, I know everybody's going to be pushing with the extra time to get more information. So. Who knows? But we are going to be talking about uh, a species that Sam Neill did reveal in an interview. So at this point in time, after, uh, you know, everybody has shared it now. So it's a thing that unfortunately has gone public via an official source. But, you know, it's kind of a leak at the same time. So we'll get into this. He's not an official source. And that's, what's very, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like he is part of the production, the crew or whatever, but like it was not supposed to come out, you know, it's one of those things. So it's not like a, an official tweet from the main account or Colin or something like that, but it was kind of a leak from an official ish source, you know, (laughs) with an actor. This is why we go for four hours, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, we weren't even going to talk tonight. (laughs) We're talking about the thing we're going to talk about. This is what happens. Uh, All right, anybody, everybody. So why don't we go ahead and uh, just pass it off and say congratulations again uh, to Jeremiah for winning the Jurassic Gives Back giveaway there for the wire segment. But uh, unfortunately, like I said, we did not get a chance to record that uh, with him due to scheduling conflicts. But I hope you guys really, really do enjoy this upcoming segment of the Innovation Center with Tom Fishenden, Arjun Boss, and Jeremiah, aka Belgian Jurassic. So yeah, let's, uh, let's go ahead and play that one for you guys right now. Let's take it away. If I don't innovate, Somebody else will. Due to technical difficulties, all our exhibits are now closed. You are acting like we are engaged in some kind of mad science. And Zara here is going to take great care of you until I'm done working tonight, okay? Big. Scarier? Um, 
Cooler, I believe, is the word that you used in your memo. Any incidents? Yeah, six kids in the lost and found, uh, 28 down with heat stroke. All of this exists because of me. Just like taking a stroll through the woods 65 million years ago. Hi everyone, and welcome to a special episode of the Innovation Center here on the Jurassic Park podcast. So you're joining me, Tom, today alongside two special guests. We have got Arjun Boss. Hi, hello. And also the winner of our Jurassic Gives Back charity fundraiser event, Belgian Jurassic, also known as Jeremiah. Hello, everybody. Yeah. Glad to be here. Glad to be it's- here. Yeah, it's awesome finally like getting around to doing this because obviously I know you've been talking to Brad for a while about setting it all up. Um so it's it's really exciting that we're getting to do it tonight and hopefully it will be a lot of fun. Um so yeah, so today's segment will be a fun-filled Jurassic chat designed to share our fandom with those of you listening at home um and hopefully just have some fun conversations about Jurassic because it's something we all love. Um so to start with, I thought I'd ask you guys what you've been up to recently in terms of Jurassic. So Arjun, why don't you start? Yeah, well, it's uh, mostly, of course, watching Camp Cretaceous, not uh, yep. too long ago. And uh, apart from that, I'm working on another story uh, in the extinction level style um, called Amazonian Secrets, Jurassic Park. Nice. So that's, uh, yeah, that's interesting. That is a title reveal right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And then Jeremiah, what have you been up to? Oh, uh, the usual. Collecting uh, Mattel toys and some uh, Jurassic Park merchandise. Nice. And uh, I'm busy now with making a YouTube video about uh, Jurassic Park, the right. Oh, from okay, its, uh, cool. Conception, yeah, till it's closing in 2018. I tried to make a little... Well, I tried to make a little uh, documentary about this. Oh, nice. That would be really cool. I know I've spent a lot of time going through, um, I think it's, oh, who is it? Jurassic Time, who's got all of the old Hammond clips on the YouTube channel from that ride. I've kind of gone back through and watched them all. And there's loads of really, really cool, like, Jurassic Park era lore. It's just hidden in that ride that I feel a lot of people don't appreciate. So it's cool. Yeah, it's awesome, it's awesome. And uh, uh, Spielberg made made a cameo appearance also in one of those videos. But you have to have a a very good eye to see him. Oh, I didn't know that. Is he in... So there's obviously like the bits where there's all the crowds while Hammond's out the front. Is it one of those bits or does he appear somewhere else? Yeah, it's one of those when he's in front of the visitor center. Okay. And see Spielberg passing by. That's cool. I'll have to keep nice. an eye out for that next time I watch it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever seen it. I'm very I, yes, yeah, do you know uh, what? He's, he's passing by very fast. You have to you have to know it that he's there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will send you a link to them afterwards, Arjun. I'll make a note and um, send you the videos because they are really, really cool. It's kind of... It's it's basically in universe Hammond saying, Okay, so things went wrong on Nublar. Ah, so yes. we're opening a park in Orlando instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember now, yeah. Yeah, it's under the real set of the Jurassic Park. Uh, it was on the real Jurassic Park set. Before I didn't they, know uh, that. they Whoa. Uh, before they uh, broke it down, they had two weeks to uh, to make uh, those uh, videos. 
That's really cool. So it's on the set, on the actual set of the movie. Oh, that's so cool. That's just like um, all of the viral marketing that they did for Jurassic World on the set as well. Yeah. I just, I love that kind of stuff so much where there's like, obviously the main filming going on, but there's people doing other things as well. I think it's really cool when you kind of get to um, see a little bit more of that. Um, so yeah, so obviously for you, Jeremiah, it's your first time on the podcast but I feel like as Belgian Jurassic, you're quite a well-known person in the community anyway. Um, but for anyone who doesn't know who you are for whatever reason, why don't you share a little bit more about what it is that you do in the community um, and kind of where people can see that kind of stuff as well? Oh, yeah. I'm uh, fairly new to the community. For this, I was um, just checking out Jurassic Outpost and the GP toy sites for some toy and other news. Um so I stumbled on Instagram in late 2018 and I started taking uh, toy photos. And that's where I met a lot of cool Jurassic fans. So I discovered that uh, great content creators like uh, Collect Jurassic, Ted Brothers, uh, Victoria's Cantina and such. And uh, yeah, I take uh, a lot of toy, uh, I do a lot of toy photography on Instagram and I'm fairly active on Twitter and I make the occasional uh, YouTube video. Cool. Yeah, no, I've seen a lot of the stuff that you've been doing and some of the YouTube videos recently as well. And it's really cool seeing you kind of doing a whole range of different toys, really, with all the videos. I think there's been a lot of great variety in the stuff that you're putting out there. Um, and obviously, it's just nice to have another voice in the community because, I mean, all of us collect so many different things, but we've all got such different opinions on them. And, like, everyone's got their favorite Kenner figure. Everyone's got their favorite Mattel figure. So it's really cool um, just seeing how all of that kind of gels in the community. So it's really, really awesome. Um, I am going to ask you something that I didn't write down, but I'm quite intrigued. Do you have a... Actually, no, I did write it down. Never mind. It's a question later, but we're going to go for it now anyway. <laughs> um, so I was going to ask, and then I'll throw this to you after as well, Arjun. Um, sure. Do you have a favorite piece of Jurassic memorabilia then? Because obviously you do a lot of the toy photography. So is that more what you're into or do you like some of the other memorabilia as well? Well, um... Oh, it's, it's my turn now? Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Um, my favorite piece of memorabilia is uh, the Jurassic Park uh, VHS collector's case. It's, cool. um, it's a DNA case. It's a silver um, It's a silver case with a VHS in it. Um, a map, uh, a watch, a dinosaur book and such. It's all, and all neatly put into a DNA collector's case. That's very my cool favorite case. piece. Yeah, definitely a very cool case. I got one myself. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, a must-have. Yeah, well, if, if, to add if that you can get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting when you look at it, because I feel like video games have kind of gone in the direction of including more things recently. So now you get like video games that come with statues and things. Whereas it feels like DVDs have very much gone in the opposite direction. So obviously you used to have like VHSs that would come with these extra things and you get these limited editions. And then now it kind of feels like you just get a DVD and you're lucky if you get any bonus features on it as well. Um, yeah. 
Like, I, I always find myself now looking for more bonus features on the DVDs. I'm just like, where have they gone? <laughs> yeah, a lot of them don't have them. Indeed. It's too bad. It's like extended cuts now. <laughs> yeah, so, um, well, that, that helps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in that similar vein, then, do you have a favorite piece that's in your collection, Arjun? I think mine is one uh, small plate uh, in the... the that, on which they serve the the dinner in Jurassic Park. Oh, I, have, oh. I have a very small plate in that uh, the, the Tiffany black something. Oh, yeah. I forgot the name. But I think that's my favorite piece in my collection right now. It's, I think it's also the most expensive piece that I own right now. That's cool. I always see a lot of kind of people trying to recreate them. And like you say, they always go for a really expensive price. Yeah. I'd I think in general they're quite a rare plate anyway, aren't they? Um, yeah, I don't think they make them anymore. So the, indeed, uh, even the, the original plates are not uh, not really available. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Is that something that you've got, Jeremiah, or is it something you'd like to get? Oh, I would like to get that. It would be uh, very good for Christmas dinner. Yeah. <laughs> to, show off, to show off for everyone. Uh, this is this is more of a teacup uh, plate. Uh, it's, a, it's a teacup plate. Oh, so. Yeah. And then a mush mush. Very small dinner then. Yeah. You could have like seconds and thirds of Christmas dinner. You could stagger it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm going for my fifth. Uh, yeah. <laughs> fifth but, uh, Only five. It was one of the plates where they served the uh, the sea bass in the movie. I thought it was one of those plates. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's the, it's one of those plates, but then in a small version. Ah, okay, okay. okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. No, Small version of the adult. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yours is like the Jurassic Kids portion. It's the one I'd get given because I'm the kid of the community, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, so I, I guess for all of us, obviously, there's kind of two main things that I think a lot of Jurassic fans are into, and it's obviously the films and then the novels. Um, so I wanted to find out if you guys have got a favourite Jurassic film and if you do, which one is it? Um, so, Jeremiah, why don't you go first? Uh, my favorite movie is uh, The Lost World. Nice, cool. Yeah. I love how, how dark it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the T-Rex trailer attack, the, it really stands out. I think it's even better than the, um, the Jurassic Park uh, T-Rex attack. Yeah, the, no, yeah. I'd agree with that. I think it's yeah. quite scary. I was actually... I was talking to um, the person who composed the soundtrack for Jurassic Park Chronicle, which is a new fan film that came out fairly recently. Um, and he was saying that he was really inspired by The Lost World because it's a lot darker and it's kind of a lot more foreboding. So obviously in Jurassic Park, it's kind of all, hey, look, we've made dinosaurs. They're awesome. And then everything goes wrong. And in The Lost World, you never really get that. It's kind of horror from the outset, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, I also love the San Diego part. I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah, no, yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, I, I know it gets a mixed reception in the community, but I think, like, like we say, when you look at, um, obviously, John Hammond at the ride as well, it makes sense that he's going to have wanted to go and push his project elsewhere. And actually, I like the idea that at one point they thought about doing a park in San Diego and then thought, do you know what, maybe it's safer if we put it on an island instead. I think that just kind of adds a nice little 
nugget of information to the conception of Jurassic Park as well. Yeah, and for the people who actually don't like the script of Lost World, you can see David uh, kept the screenwriter getting eaten, so something <laughs> in there for the haters as well. <laughs> uh, that's true. Uh, it's, it's, it's fun for everyone. Yeah. It's fun that you mentioned it. I'm smiling big here because the, the, the San Diego scene for me originally, uh, let's, I'll, I'll say originally, uh, was one of the parts that I, I, I was a hater of that scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, not, not anymore because we have all this other uh, extended lore now, so that, that helps. But at the time, of course, you had the book and um, in the book, everything stays a secret. Uh, even after the last scenes in the book, yeah. Yeah, yeah, still, yeah. The, the world isn't aware. And yeah. uh, with this scene, they opened such a big can of worms for yeah. the franchise, and then they ended the, the movie. So for me, it was like, okay, we, ca we cannot end here. Well, they didn't, thankfully. So <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> but that's, that was a very big frustration for me once I seen the movie and knowing or well, having the idea that there weren't going to be any more books and perhaps no more movies. So I really felt, it, yeah. Like I was cheated in some way, but we weren't, thankfully. <laughs> thankfully, yeah. We we yeah, got a few more movies. <laughs> we did, and we've still got more coming. <laughs> and more coming, it's indeed. Yeah. So but um, indeed, you you can definitely see they have they also had a lot of fun making that uh, those scenes, and that was also a part where uh, you could I couldn't take it seriously. Yeah. Which was another of my complaints about the movie, but now it's just a lot of fun indeed. Yeah. No, I yeah. agree with that. I think you can tell that Jeff had a lot of fun driving around in that car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So what would your favorite film be then, Arjun? My favorite would still be the original. Cool. Cool. I think it's tried and tested. Um, and I actually, I'm going to shock you guys because I feel like everyone kind of typecast me as being more of a Jurassic World fan. But I would <laughs> say that Jurassic Park is still my favorite as well and um, and part of the thing that solidified that for me was when I got to see Jurassic Park in concert um because wow. like seeing it and noticing loads of like little details and I can remember there were like a couple of scenes where I picked up on things that like Muldoon says in the background that I never noticed I it just made me realize how well scripted that story is as a whole um mm -hmm. And I, I just, yeah, I think it's still, it just has that, like, I, don't, I always struggle putting it into words, but it's just that kind of, like, really, really well-written story that's never really going to age because it's just, like, a timeless tale of man experimenting with science. Yeah, yeah. yeah it has the, the biggest message uh, over all the movies, I think. Um, might be biased. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but but I feel yeah, it's it's the one that's going about the the science and um, how we do more uh, yeah. than we perhaps should, even how though we can. You, how do you both feel about that message being carried forward in the franchise? Do you think that doing like things like hybrids has helped to explore that further, or do you think it's gone too far? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's gone too far. I think it's cool. uh, it's an interesting uh, direction to take it. Yeah. Um, but I feel they didn't explore it uh, deep enough on how it would scientifically be uh, possible. Perhaps. Yeah, I get I, that. I do know they they, ex they explain some parts and 
but I, I guess I missed the scientific uh, groundwork for yeah. it. It's kind of just like, here's a hybrid, wow enough. Yeah, and the problem as well, I'm not 12 years old anymore, which I was for Jurassic <laughs> Park. So that, that, um, it, I, I was much more gullible at the time. Yeah. And, and right now I go I go into my own research and we have internet, so uh, everything uh, you don't feel is correct, you yeah. immediately can dive into on, on the internet. Yeah. yeah, I think that's so a It's a really different world. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Jeremiah? How do you feel about the way that they've kind of carried science forward in the films? Well, yeah, um, I think the science took a bit of a backseat for the the action and the the blockbuster movie, kind of say. But yeah, I uh, liked the Indominus Rex. Uh, I really liked that one. It was a yeah. good idea, but uh, the Indoraptor from I wasn't a fan of that because also it was. Um, uh, the last half hour of the movie was with the Endoraptor, and before that you had uh, now run a half without it. So it, they didn't explore the the Endoraptor uh, well enough to uh, to make me a, a fan of it. No, I get that. I feel like the like you say the Indominus as well. It was kind of very much the whole story point of Jurassic World, and the whole thing there was kind of like this hybrid has broken out. We need to deal with it. Whereas Fallen Kingdom was kind of more like, oh, hey, we need to save the dinosaurs. And by the way, there's another hybrid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No way, yeah. For me, the Indominus, uh, at first, when they mentioned it, they were going to go with hybrids. So I thought, okay, this is not a good idea. But in the movie itself, when they explained, okay, we need more uh, than just dinosaurs because people aren't interested anymore, they, they sold me the idea on why they went hybrid and especially if i think if you think from the point of view from henry wu yeah uh, who's been creating dinosaurs for so long of course he's interested in trying something out so in that way they they, they sold the idea to me in the movie yeah it, it kind of feels like a natural progression for uh, for wu yeah yeah Indeed. yeah no i definitely agree with that it kind no. of it it communicates the idea of this man who's not gonna stop unless he gets stopped almost yeah he succeeds in the impossible so why not try the next step <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and yeah i mean i'm going very off script here but i guess just off the back <laughs> of that as well um so in himself is a really interesting character because obviously he has got a ton more screen time than he ever gets in the novel um so on, on that kind of level, do you guys want to see him go more in the novel direction in Dominion? And do you want him to get that novel ending? Or do you think they've kind of taken him in a completely different direction now? Both. Uh, yeah, in a way, they um, for me, Wu, uh, they, they started to put him on a path of villainy. And I, I don't, yeah. don't fully agree with that. And I don't think he was that in the, in the novel. As well, he was a, a junior scientist in the novel with uh, who had made big, um, big discoveries. And, um, yeah, good, res very good results, in, and early on in that stage. So now, of course, he's uh, progressed about twenty, thirty years into with that knowledge. Yeah. So, yeah, he he's not the he would he could not be the the Wu from the novel because he's much further in life and he's progressed much further. Uh, so, but I, I uh, to see him in the novel ending, we might get that. So I'm preparing yeah. for it. But 
really, I would like to see him uh, get redemption, get some sense of, uh, okay, what I'm doing is, uh, isn't morally right. Um, and, and, and he, he would do something to, to better himself in a way that, that that's what I would like to see. And perhaps I, I, I personally, I would like love to see him go to jail and accept the sentence. Yeah. But, I don't think we're going to get that because people are not so much a fan of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that too, so I'm okay. <laughs> what do you think, Jeremiah? Are you like Arjun? Would you like to see him go to jail or do you want him to get proper torn up by some velociraptors? Well, if he gets torn up, I hope uh, it is uh, a sacrifice to save someone. Yeah. So- it's also a bit of redemption there. People love redemption stories, and I'm not uh, not different from other people. So I cool. hope uh, help uh, Wu yeah, gets his redemption, and the Hudson gets his comeuppance next movie. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to be so interesting just on the whole because obviously we haven't seen him since the first film, and even then we barely see him. So it it really could go anywhere. Um, yeah. And on the subject of Dodgson's character, that's a really nice way for me to segue back into the script <laughs> and <laughs> to get us to talk a little bit about the novels. Um, so obviously we've got two of them. We've got Jurassic Park and the Lost World Jurassic Park. And um, I'm interested and I'll throw this to you first, Jeremiah. Um, what do you guys think of the novels and which of the two is your favourite? Well, I see, I've seen the movies before I've read the novels. Oh. and um, I almost hated the movies after that because I really <laughs> loved them. It's, it's, yeah, imagination is a powerful tool. Yeah. And uh, I, loved, uh, I loved how Crichton wrote his novels. It feels very uh, grounded in science. Um, and yeah, it's very believable. And it's a R-rated thriller when you read it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Jurassic Park is uh, my favorite, by the way. Yeah, cool. I yeah, I mean, I think in Jurassic Park, there's so many sequences that we don't get to see in the film. Like, obviously, you've got the sequence with the T Rex and the waterfall. You've got the sequence with the Rex in the raft. Um, just so many. Young, se- I mean, Hammond. The young raptor and the, in the tunnel. Yeah, yeah. Hammond in the yeah. Tunnel. There's yeah. like so many things that we don't get to see envisioned and actually i'm quite glad that you mentioned it being r-rated because i literally at the start of this week i got the um 30th anniversary book that the folio society have done that's got all of the illustrations in it and one of the scenes that they illustrated um the fact that fox who's the person who did it decided to draw is the scene of the compies with the baby and that kind of stuff is so dark, and I don't think we'll ever see it in the films. So I think it's really cool what Crichton kind of got to explore that darker level of interaction with dinosaurs, because obviously they're animals at the end of the day. They're going to do what animals do, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And a, a funny story, I gave uh, the novel to my mother to because yeah. she loves to read. And uh, one hour later, she gave it back to me. She, she said, there's too much swearing in here. So, oh, my God. <laughs> she, so she didn't want to read it. So. Was that just based purely off of Muldoon? Because I know his character is quite interesting in the novel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was uh, a translation to uh, Dutch. So, uh, yeah, 
I think they even put more, more swearing words in it. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what are you reading? What are you reading? <laughs> I love dinosaurs, mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Arjun, what about you? Um, what, how do you feel about the novels as a whole? I hate them. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of the show, guys. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> I was kicked out. Absolutely. No, I'm joking, of course. No, I, I love them very much. The the first time um, I've I see, so, seen the first movie um, uh, before I read the first book. Um, so I, I loved the first movie. And then I started to read the first book. And indeed, there was so much missing from the movie after that. Uh, I love the sequence where um, they think that everything is almost uh, back to normal again. And then the aggregators stop running and all the power dies yeah that that moment that realization uh, was very well done and so many other things in the book like like the counts of the numbers uh, in the, of the dinosaurs and of course the raptors at the end uh, the the free ones and much more than they expected yeah um, so i think that also that's my favorite book uh, i also i do love the book of the lost world uh, that i've read that one uh, in 1995 so before the movie came out yeah. and that's also the reason why i didn't like the movie because the movie doesn't live up to the book there's no uh, <laughs> sorry there's no dodgson in it he's just nowhere <laughs> yeah but to be honest after thinking about it i don't really like the character of dodgson in the book interesting so, yeah so I, I think they that they really improved on uh, with the movie with roland tembo because he's a very interesting character and in one way you should hate him in the other way you cannot other than like him yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I'd agree with that. I, I, is yeah, it because uh, Dodson, um, um, yeah, I don't know if I have to talk spoilers, but it's from 95, so I think. <laughs> yeah, go for it's it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, did you hate the character of Dodson because uh, he tried to kill Sarah Harding on the boat? No, <laughs> that's very early on, but much? I think it is part of it because he's uh, he's basically full on villain. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That, that makes him less interesting. Yeah, he has no uh, sites you can uh, connect with him. Or it's he's completely yeah, nasty. exactly. You just you just think he has to go. When 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 does he go? And how does he go? Yeah. Of course, for some so, so for some people that's uh, that's good enough. But I like to go deeper. I like a character I can connect with on a on a level that you think, okay, in a way I can understand him. But for Dodson, I really couldn't understand him. He was just a bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I get that. I do. When it comes to Dominion, especially, obviously bringing back things from the novel, I'm really interested to see how they're going to do Dodson, because I would love a scene where he does basically try to kill somebody, but like you say, that is very much, hey, I'm a bad guy, and that's it. So I wonder if they're maybe going to present him as like, hey, I'm a good guy who's here to help you. And then you'll like get the shock effect of him doing something like that. I think maybe that would be a cool way to kind of like retroactively change his character a bit. It's difficult with Doctor because you, you, we all expect him to be a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, that is very that, true. That, that it would be more efficient if you don't take an unknown character and do it with an unknown character than to do it with Doxon. Yeah, that is true. Maybe Owen Grady's been a villain this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's been working for Dodson all the time. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, so, 
I guess one thing that I find when it comes to fandom like this and obviously doing the podcast especially, but also doing other things, is it's a really nice opportunity to kind of make memories that I associate with this franchise. Um, So probably for me, one of the biggest things that I kind of look back on and think, yeah, that was really cool, um, was getting the chance to do the Jurassic World Evolution meetups in London and just getting to like hang out with other people and talk about the video game and do all that kind of stuff. Um, it's just something that kind of like I look back on and really appreciate. So I, I wanted to kind of ask you, what sort of moments have you guys had with that in Jurassic? Has there been a time like, say, for example, giving your mum the book, Jeremiah, and her reading it and having that whole interaction there? Or like other moments that you guys have experienced through the franchise that you really look back on and kind of appreciate So I always, uh, when I think about Jurassic Park, I always go back to the to my childhood. Yeah. The, my favorite memories are there. So I was a big Dino Nuts from around the age of five. Cool. So my mother had to had again a part in it. She she would always she would always read uh, from um, the educational books. Yeah. To me, uh, as bedtime as bedtime stories. So, uh, and she uh, got a little bit fed up when I was around six years old. Six years old, and she said, "You have to start to learn to read from now on." <laughs> <laughs> so I, I learned to read, and uh, I came across um, uh, an article in a newspaper, uh, June 1993, and that was uh, about the movie Jurassic Park and uh, its success in uh, the United States. So uh, when I read the article, my mind was blown. It was about a uh, um, real dinosaurs people would yeah. finally be able to see real dinosaurs so i didn't know what an influence it would, uh, it would have on my life back then but um, my most favorite memory is um, when the marketing machine started to get going around september uh, there were was dinosaurs everywhere you looked it was food toys cool stuff uh, clothing uh, books everywhere so that's my uh, fondest memory of it it's well like um Having a Christmas every day, everywhere you went, there were dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> that was my uh, most fun memory of it because uh, I didn't see it in, uh, in theaters. Uh, my parents were, wouldn't let me. I was, yeah. Uh, yeah, they didn't think I would handle it very well. <laughs> no, that's I, really awesome. I, I kind of like, I imagine as well, because obviously it's 1993, there's not social media in the way that we know it today. So I guess kind of, what what you read in the newspaper and then what you see around you is kind of what you know, so it becomes all the more immersive, which must be really special. Yeah, it was it was a uh, dinomania at that time <laughs> for a little guy who loves dinosaurs. It was uh, one of the most happiest uh, childhood memories I had. So there was it wasn't really Jurassic Park, but uh, the whole marketing machine around that was uh, one of my uh, best memories of it. No, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, Arjun, did you see much of that as well? The of the marketing. Yeah. Very little. No, I saw very little of that. Okay. No, cool. So, do, do you have anything else that kind of you've got to do through the franchise as well that you've enjoyed? I imagine, obviously, extinction level will be a big thing. Um, yeah. Have there been any other things as well? Well, well, there was a double feature at one point in London. Um, so I. <laughs> I jumped on a plane and visited uh, London, watched the double feature together with uh, um, Sam Phillips, James, Haw James Hawkins and uh, Steve Hurl. 
Awesome. And Rose Lane, um, I forgot uh, the other names. Was the other it guys. French Charles? Yeah. That's awesome. That's, that's basically <laughs> the craziest thing I've uh, done in the last few years, I guess. It's uh, been worth it. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. I know, I know they tend to do um, showings of the original Jurassic Park like every summer. So I really want to go along to one of them at some point because right. they've got like the original 25 millimeter film, haven't they? I'm not sure, but I do think it shows that they show it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, were, there were bits and pieces literally jumping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, there you go, though. That's an indication that it is the classic film. So yep. I guess in some ways, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's authentic. The cigarette burn and, and everything. Yeah. yeah. I hope not, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I am... Um, I, I think for me, one of my favorite things looking back is I got, um, I connected up with the guy who does the marketing for a zoo in the UK called Paradise Wildlife Park. Um, and as part of their zoo, they have an animatronics area, which is just animatronic dinosaurs. And I got invited to go along on this weekend where they were doing like a Jurassic event. So I basically got in for free to film dinosaurs, which I was already geeking out about. Nice. But then um, a guy called Dan from the JP Motorpool was there with, I think it's JP 22. I want to say it's 22 um, or 28, possibly one of the two. I can't quite remember. <laughs> Should Probably have planned ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. Probably 28, 22. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, 22 doesn't sound right. Maybe. Um <laughs> But, it's ni- 19 and 28, so... <laughs> do you know what? What I what I can actually do, very quickly, this is on-air research. I'm going to pull up the photo that I'm about to tell a story about. So let's take a quick look, see. Um, <laughs> I, re- I realise for anyone listening right now, they're going to be like, why has he just not cut out him looking through his phone for this photo? But it's all part of the story. Um... Where is it? Here it is. It's JP20. Um, so <laughs> I didn't get either of them right. Um, <laughs> so he was there on the day as well. And I spent some time taking some photos for him. I put together a little video for him. And then at the end of the day, he let me sit in the driver's seat of his Jeep. And I lost my mind. It was so cool. He didn't give you the keys, I guess. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> if he had, I would have JP20 on my drive right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but no, that, that, yeah, that is just, for me, so cool getting to sit in what is essentially a piece of film history, because obviously it's a recreation, but yeah. those Jeeps and, like, the Explorers as well are just so iconic to this franchise, so it was really awesome. I would love to get the Explorer, even if it's yeah. a miniature. I, I still don't get why we don't have the die-cast miniatures of those. No, yeah, that is actually... Yeah, they, I know Mattel released some right when they started, didn't they? And then they've kind of not gone back to them since. And well, I, they, yeah, the, the the small ones, the very small ones. Yeah, so, yeah those are die-cast, die-cast too, but the 124 scale uh, yes. of those is very nice. Yeah, they'd be cool. Yeah, I think it is the Jada ones. Um, yeah, yeah, because yeah, they yeah. did like the G wagon, the six by six, didn't they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, cool. 
Well, I am about to do another, another beautiful diversion into one of our other topics. Because talking about a 6x6, six six, one of those appears in Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. Yeah. So, Jeremiah, what did you think of Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous? Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd say it held my attention more than I expected. Cool. Yeah, um, every episode had something cool for uh, the older fans. I think there were yeah. always little tidbits and nuggets here and there that you could uh, latch on as an older fan. And you can see that uh, the creators really loved the Jurassic Park franchise as well. Uh, yeah, you can see the love and the heart into uh, the episodes. And the scene that stuck the most with me was um, with the bioluminescent Parasaurolophus. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great. It had great visuals. The characters were connecting. You you could see them uh, talking to each other, give and uh, giving a little bit of wisdom, and um, it was a very nice piece of music as well. So that really stood out to me in those uh, eight episodes. The, no, that's really yeah. cool. Yeah, I know you're not the only person to mention the score in that particular scene as well. I think a lot of people really appreciated that. Um, I, I felt bad, actually, because when we finished watching it, Brad asked me what I thought of the score, and I said I didn't really notice it, but <laughs> I, th I think that that's probably a good thing, because if yeah, I don't yeah. didn't notice it, then it must have been good, right? Yeah. I'll join you there, Tom. I, I also tried to think back if I uh, can remember it, but I haven't paid attention to it yet. Yeah. No, no I, I need to... Um, and I'm a, I'm a soundtrack geek, so it's... Uh, <laughs> but indeed, like you say, if if something uh, grabs your attention and um, and it fits, then the score doesn't stand out. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I I think just that whole sequence was composed very well, and like I kind of like how you see the parasols becoming a little bit aggressive because you don't see that anywhere else. They're always quite docile animals, so actually seeing it, they could be quite big and intimidating. Was really cool. Yeah, it's the first time, I guess, since The Lost World that we have um, yeah. uh, herbivores being a threat. Yeah? I think I mean, so. Yeah, I, can, I can imagine that you can count the, the ankylosaurs uh, in Jurassic World, perhaps as such, but they, of course, were um, in battle with the Indominus. Indominus so. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, uh, I really don't like that scene, but you, you can see <laughs> the, the Indominus get in hit by the, the club on its tail. And I think uh, when it would be in real life, I think his jaw would be broken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of gets up and walks it off, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, annoy annoying, annoying. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Arjun, what did you think of Count Cretaceous? I liked it. Uh, clearly aimed at kids, so yeah. that's fine. Uh, I tried to uh, have, get my son to watch it, but at first he wasn't interested. <laughs> I tried a few more times, and then I got to watch him the whole show. <laughs> oh, show. <laughs> no, cool. I um, I was pleasantly surprised by it. I kind of, I went into it knowing that it's obviously a kid show, so I didn't expect too much from it. But actually, I think it did quite a nice job of kind of expanding the idea of what was at Jurassic World. Um, and I was quite impressed by some of the nods, like going back to the Parasaurolophus enclosure as a whole, 
I thought it was really cool that they called that river adventure as a direct nod to the actual ride. Like, and and the fact mm-hmm. that that whole sequence, the ride is broken, so they end up somewhere they're not meant to. It's literally like a shout out to the real life ride. And um, yeah, yeah, that's so right. Of course, also uh, on, in the ride, on the ride by a bar. So yeah. Yeah, it's it's literally like the exact same thing, which I thought was really cool. Right. Uh, and yeah, I, I just the one thing that kind of pulled me out of it. I don't understand why the six by six was Jurassic Park colors. Like, surely they'd want to get away from the bad branding of a park where people die. Oh, it's, it's not branding. It's if you go by the book, then the way those um, cars were uh, colored was to keep the Triceratops to, from attacking them. That so is a very good point. So it could be that yeah. they stuck by that. Yeah, the red stripe, yeah, it was the... Yeah. I'm not the sure if it's the red stripe in the book. Perhaps it's a blue stripe in the book. But yeah. Um, yeah. Of course, if you have the red stripes in Jurassic Park, you might as well go with the red stripes in, Lost, in Jurassic World. Uh-uh. You know what? You might be onto something, actually, because apart from the gyrosphere... That's the only other vehicle that we've seen in the paddock with herbivores. That's really interesting. I'm kind of sat here with my mind a little bit blown right now. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> cool. No, I, I like that. Um, so obviously it was very different, I think, in terms of characters compared to um, other Jurassic franchises. Because obviously it's all kids this time around. Um, and they all have got very, very different personalities. So yeah. I'm interested, um, and I'll start with you again, Jeremiah. Who was your favourite of the campers? Uh, Kenji. Uh, Kenji, <laughs> cool. Kenji, yeah. He was an annoying brat when he arrived. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, right. I think he has the best arc um, in, the, in season one. Yeah, I think cool. you're right. Yeah. Oh, I think Brooklyn also has a very good arc. She realizes that uh, she's too much on her phone, too much interested in how other people like her, and she finds the, her buddy in Darius that uh, they're actually both looking for um, for the attention of others. Yeah. Uh, in kind of a similar way, but uh, in different platforms. But yeah, there, there are nice stories there. I, I really like that. No, the only yeah. one who took a bit of a backseat, I think, was uh, was Ben. Um, yeah, yeah. I think he was a little bit uh, tossed aside, but we have season two, I think, to uh, maybe. Yeah, uh, he's going to turn into Eric Kirby. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think he's going to be Lord of the Flies. Have you seen that? Yeah, movie? yeah. yeah. Maybe it'll I've be that. I've seen a lot of people <laughs> speculating that actually. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, you know, I mean, anything could happen. They're on that island on their own. Yeah. Um, and, and we'll talk about that actually a little bit later because I've got a few interesting ideas I'll share with you guys as well. I think there's a lot of potential for some interesting stuff to happen. Um, I would actually say it for me, my favourite character is probably Darius, purely because he is us. He is the person who is crazy about dinosaurs who has them all across his bedroom, who has the posters on his wall, and I can literally turn to my right-hand side right now as I'm recording and see a wall of dinosaur figures, so I feel like he is me. (laughs) Grant's book in there somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I do have a replica of Ian Malcolm's book sitting around somewhere from the first Jurassic World film. (laughs) 
replicas of the of Ian Malcolm's book and Grant's book. Yeah, the thought are fun. I still need to give them a place somewhere. They're lying around. They have yeah. hardly they have hardly any text in them. Yep, it's mo- mostly empty pages. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's look it looks nice. That's what it's all about. That's how I justify spending so much money on plastic dinosaurs. They look <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So when you open um, Malcolm's book, it is just white a white page, and what does it say? It's just yeah. it's chaos. It's a, Play, place it's, your own it's chaos here. For you. <laughs> it's yeah, chaos place, for you. Place your own. It's just every page has the photo of him lying on the table with oh, yeah, the shirt yeah. open. <laughs> that would be in character, that's I think. <laughs> um, uh, would would ex- would explain why uh, um, how what she's what's her what's her name um, the, the 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 person who's supposed to watch the kids in Jurassic World Zara Zara yeah, I can't <laughs> don't know why I forgot her name but. Uh, she was very interested in reading that book as well, so that would have yeah. kind of explained it. <laughs> yeah, it would. <laughs> she's telling her husband that he can't have his messy bachelor's party while she's just sat staring at Ian Malcolm the whole time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so kind of staying on that theme, obviously we touched on it a little bit with the Ford Explorers, but there's so much different merchandise out there now. And I feel like this year especially, we've seen a lot of Jurassic World stuff. We've seen a return to Jurassic Park with a lot of um, kind of really cool pieces of unique merchandise, actually. Um, So obviously there's a lot out there, but there's always more stuff that could be made. So what are some of the things that you guys would like to see get made in the future? If there's like one thing that you really want, what would it be? I'll start with you again, Jeremiah. Um, I listened to uh, the podcast from uh, Collect Jurassic a few cool. months ago, and um, see, uh, Victoria was talking about uh, uh, Mattel Creations. Yeah, how, and um, how they have the possibility to kickstart uh, the Jurassic Park Visitor Center. That they, if they would, if they would uh, want to do that, they can uh, kickstart something like this. So I think that's something that would be really awesome. To, to get made um, a very big visitor center. Yeah, I would love to uh, get my hands on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was actually building that when I was a kid. I, I made a big paper uh, paper cabinets in the for the kitchen with a kind of silver uh, coating, the paper silver coating, and I made uh, computers from clay and uh, phones, little phones from clay. Okay. Tables from wood, and I was building the doors. But then, uh, at some point, I figured out that when I, when I was going to finish the whole thing, it would, would be two by two meters. So that's uh, I, I had no space for that, so I stopped uh, building it. Eventually. <laughs> right. I know. Was it was at the at the size of the Kenner Velociraptor, so they could jump on the on the <laughs> kitchen floor. Great. I was going to say, I know there is somebody on one of the Facebook groups, because I've seen it posted a few times, who has got like a full-size visitor centre for the Mattel figures. And I'm like, that is so cool. I have no idea how you have built that, but it is just awesome. Um, 
But but like with that kind of thing, what, what would you guys want? Would you want it to just be one big playset, or would you want them to kind of do what Hasbro have done recently with Star Wars, where it's like a modular thing where you can like buy each different room and then gradually build them together? I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that that sounds good. Yeah, so they can cool. put um, more um, detail and more work into every uh, room. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it should be easier to store away as well. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, I mean, with stuff like that, you could easily do the control room with Ray Arnold. You could do the kitchen with Lex and Tim. You could do the entryway with a version of John Hammond. So there'd be a lot of potential to kind of do other stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mattel, if if you're listening. Arjun, what would you like to see them make next? And it doesn't just have to be Mattel, it could be any piece yeah. of memorabilia. I, I actually have just one thing on my wish list, and that's the, the die cast uh, Ford Explorer into 124 scale. Yeah. No, I like that. Um, on a similar kind of wavelength, mine it would be a 118th scale Ford Explorer to go with the Legacy Collection Jeep that they did when the Legacy Collection first came out. I would love to have a Ford Explorer to go with, like, my Hammond, my Grant, my Muldoon, and just to take photos with as well. Like, Jeremiah, I'm sure you agree with this, having different things that you can kind of put together in different scenes in toy photography is so useful in just giving you a lot more options because it makes it so much more interesting than just having a dinosaur if you're able to kind of experiment with loads of things i find yeah yeah, yeah completely 100 percent uh, true yeah and um i i just don't understand what's the what's the problem with the with the ford explorer um it's a licensing or how do you say it a licensing yeah thing? yeah yeah it's interesting so why can't you build the same car without Ford on it, <laughs> would that be yeah. a problem? Call it Mort or something, or a Lord, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> the Lord yeah, Explorer. <laughs> I, uh, I'd have to look into it. I think it might be something to do with the design of the car itself, um, because I know when Frontier first previewed Return to Jurassic Park, oh, yeah. um, the cars in the game were different to the Ford Explorers, and I remember they were able to get the license in the end, so they're correct in the final version. But I know they said something about the licensing being really funny about the Ford Explorer for some reason. Okay. But I mean, yeah, worst case scenario, worst case scenario, just give us a novel version of the Land Cruiser in yeah. the movie colours, sorted. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool as well. Uh, land, uh, the Land uh... What is it called? The Land? Land Cruiser. Land Cruiser. Oh, yeah. Was that also the Jeep? Was that a big Jeep or a smaller one? I don't actually know. I think it's just in the novel, it's just referred to as a gas-powered Jeep as well, isn't it? So it could be anything. I could see it being like an old-school Willys Jeep from World War II, maybe, with the like Jurassic colours. That would be quite cool. That would be very dangerous. Uh, a car without yeah. a roof in a park of dino- <laughs> full of dinosaurs. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of a drive past buffet for the team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get you dinner here. The Toronto don't fly in and they pick you right out. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so um I was gonna say it's kind of it's nicer we're doing this together because obviously the three of us are kind of all European Jurassic fans. Um yeah. and I feel like a lot of the time it's more US fans. Not that we don't love you guys listening, but it's <laughs> just there's a lot more of you than there are us. Um <laughs> so I, I kind of wanted to ask you guys if they were to begin to do more of a Jurassic push here in Europe as well, what would you like to see them do in Europe? Like, what are some of the either attractions, maybe more product availability? Um, I know that would probably be a big one for you, Arjun, being able to actually get hold of more stuff. Um, but what what would be some of the other things that you guys would like to see? Um, and I'll actually, I'll start with you this time, Arjun, to give Jeremiah a break going first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you startled me now, so I guess can, can imagine that you startled <laughs> Jeremiah before. Um, what I would like if if they well they it would be interesting perhaps if they uh, not going by any attractions or so, but uh, perhaps some story detail in setting yeah. Europe. No, yeah, so I really like fun. that. Not sure how that would tie in, but uh, sure there are ways to figure that out. Yeah. No, I. Then and then we can go in as uh, as, as uh, extras. That's what I want. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I kind of feel like it's unique for us because obviously in Europe and also here in the UK, there's a lot of kind of rich mythological history and um, lots of stuff to kind of like do with dragons and ancient creatures and all that kind of stuff. So I think you could do something really cool where you like do a play on that. Like maybe. Um, it turns out that the Loch Ness monster <laughs> is actually a plesiosaur that Biosyn made, or something like that. You know, um, going like completely off the rails here with like the pipe dreams, but I think that kind or, of stuff. Or a better one yet, that Biosyn says they made a plesiosaur, but they captured the Loch Ness monster. <laughs> <laughs> Confirmed first in Jurassic World, it actually exists. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeremiah, what would you like to see kind of come to all of us as fans in the future? Oh well, uh, I hear every week uh, Brad he doesn't pass up uh, any moment to promote a Jurassic World live tour, so I yep. definitely <laughs> want to see that here. Yeah, it's a good <laughs> He's one. always uh, praising it, so I'm uh, actually uh, yeah very curious to see it. And if we can't if we can't get to see it, I would like to get a DVD or a Blu-ray or yeah. a, a book even uh, just to get yeah. uh, familiar with the story because I'm really curious what it's about. Yeah, 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 and certainly because it was originally meant to be a canon, so I yeah. what they were up to, and it uh, would also be a great opportunity to get um, some European Jurassic fans to to meet up, but it's like in Paris or London or something. Yeah, uh, definitely. It's not. A, too far. Uh, Europe isn't that big, so I think uh, mm -hmm. it would be a great opportunity to have some uh, kind of convention or something or, or a meetup. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So basically, if, if that ever comes to the if it if the tour ever comes to Europe, I've probably got to set up a meetup for all of us. Is that what we're saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brad's going to take care of the tickets then. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Brad, if you're listening, you can hook us up. <laughs> um, I think for me, 
I really want to get to experience something that I feel is going on a bit of a back burner at the moment, which is Jurassic World The Exhibition. Um, Purely because I went to Dinos in the Wild when that was in London, which was quite a similar experience, but with a lot less animatronics. And it was just really cool getting to like walk through an experience that immerses you in these animals for a little bit. Um, and I think that some of the stuff, I think it's City Neon who are in Korea at the moment with it. Um, I know that Lewis shares a lot of their stuff on Twitter. Um, I think they've been experimenting with like doing animatronics that actually have got moving legs and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of taking it to the next level of immersion. And I just think that an experience like that would be so cool to just get to spend a few hours in. So, I mean, like, especially for me with my camera, I could quite happily sit and photograph animatronics for a couple of hours. <laughs> yeah, but what, what do they show uh, in the um, exhibition? Yeah, so... Just the dinosaurs or there, are there um, kind of um, a movie set uh, likeness or something? It's sort of... The, the way it's done, and I'm trying to think how much of it I've actually seen... It's presented as if you're visiting Jurassic World. So you start off in a simulated ferry going out to the island, which is just a room with screens around it that make it look like you're on a boat. Um, and then kind of like all the dinosaurs have got paddocks around them. So they're animatronics, but they've got like paddocks around them that have got like the signs with the Jurassic font that says their name and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um and then there's a creation lab there where you can go in and there's like incubators and I think there might be a scientist there. Um, and then kind of like the biggest part of it, I think, is the T-Rex, which simulates a breakout where like it comes up close to the fence. And then also the final animatronic, I think, is the Indominus Rex. So it's kind of like going through the whole experience and then suddenly things start going wrong so you're like ushered out of it so it's kind of it, it basically tries to simulate the experience of visiting jurassic world i suppose which is cool i yeah. believe it was in europe at some point it was in paris at the time yeah um, it was i really it was. I, the frustrating thing about that is i had debated going across to it because it was at a museum in paris wasn't it um and I had really toyed with the idea of going over to visit. So I think it was where they did the first Jurassic World premiere. Um, and I remember I had like gone to book tickets for, no, it's going to be too expensive for a weekend trip. And then mm. decided, yeah, actually, I will book it. And it had moved. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. oh, I, I was also doubting because sometimes in Paris, or, uh, then the, the exhibitions is completely in French. Yeah, and uh, less room for the English uh, speaking visitors. So I wasn't yeah. sure if it was going to be in English as well. So that's why I decided not to try it out. No, yeah, it'd be difficult that. to find information on it. Too bad it didn't move to anywhere else. Yeah, I'm quite. I'll be honest. I'm quite surprised they didn't come to London. Um, purely because that dinos in the wild I mentioned. They built a custom-made exhibition space just outside of the O2 Arena for that. Um, and that space would have been perfect for the exhibition. 
But I think instead of Jurassic World, Avengers Station went there. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but it's like a touring thing. It basically has a lot of the Marvel props from the films. Um, And that ended up coming over instead. And I was just like, damn, it should have been Jurassic. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Everything's supposed to be Jurassic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is Jurassic World after all. (laughs) It is now. Yeah. So um, I I thought for the kind of like last section of our conversation, it would be fun to look ahead to the future a little bit. Um, So obviously we kind of alluded to it at the top of the show, but we're really lucky to be in a spot where there's a lot of stuff to look forward to on the horizon. Um, Obviously, Frank Marshall has come out to say that Jurassic World Dominion isn't going to be the last film. So there'll be some interesting stuff there potentially in the future. Um, there's the theme park at Beijing being constructed, which looks awesome. And then obviously more experiments in other extended material as well. Um, so to kind of start off, I thought we would go back to Camp Cretaceous and look ahead to the future and some of the things that we'd like to see in a second or even third season of the show. Um, so Jeremiah, what are some of the things that you would like to see the show do in the future? Oh, um, I hope that the future episodes will ultimately tie into Dominion, but uh, I think that will be very difficult because they have um, put themselves in, into a corner with that summer camp uh, concept. Yeah. yeah. So I I hope uh, it ties into Dominion, but uh, I really doubt it. But uh, I'm really glad the Jurassic World events are behind us. So we're kind of in an unknown territory, so I'd love to see where they take us next, yeah. But no. I have uh, a lot of confidence that uh, it will be awesome. Cool. That is what we like to hear. And I, I think you make a good point with us being past Jurassic World as well, because obviously that meant that they had to fit into certain timelines, whereas now they can really do anything they want, um, as long as it doesn't run up to Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> so, Arjun, what about you? Is there anything in particular that you'd like to see in future seasons? I, I hope to see Pachycephalosaurus and see if we nice. can get someone near the Pachy arena. Look how how that uh, how that was constructed, what happened there, perhaps. Uh, other than that, I'm I'm not sure. Um, I just hope that they won't become that they won't beat Eric's uh, record. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, I agree with you. I think there's kind of like a finite time that it would make sense for them to be there before somebody's going to go back and look for them. Um, but yeah, no, I the fourth season, but then end after season four or something like that. I think yeah, fine. We have uh, season two in January or end of January and season three in June somewhere. Yeah, that uh, sounds go- right. going by the release of the books, uh, so that the the junior novelizations. Yeah. So, yeah, because then I could maybe see a fourth season in January 2021 and then yeah. Dominion in June. It would make exactly. sense. Yeah. yeah. No, I like that. I actually, I really like the idea of the Pachycephalosaurus arena as well, because that's something that I'd never really thought of. But actually, there are a lot of areas that we don't really see on screen in Jurassic World. So obviously, you've got the bungalows, um, or not the bungalows, the like apartments that Kenji mentioned his dad owns. Yeah. Maybe they'll try and go to one of them at some point. 
Um, you've got the interiors of the hotels. You've got the underground passageways that were meant to be like around the Mosasaur Arena. Um, and loads of areas further north of the park as well, like the golf course. Lots of places that they could really explore. And actually, I think there's a lot of scope for them to do some really interesting stuff with um, like set decoration in terms of giving us some really, really interesting looking locations. Um, that could, again, Jeremiah call back to the Lost World as well and maybe give us some of that more degraded sort of in-gen aesthetic. I think that would be really cool. Um, I, I think for me, there's sort of two key things. The first one, and I've mentioned this on the show before, so you guys might know where I'm going with this, um, but I really want them to tie into the Fallen Kingdom helicopter scene at the start. I think that having the kids witness that from across the lagoon, because obviously that's not meant to have taken place too far after the Jurassic World incident. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 it is still much, yeah. I mean, it is a long period of time, but I, I could potentially see them squeezing it. I don't know how, but I could see it, mainly because I just, I think, like, having these kids running out now, like, battle-hardened, aged surviving thinking that they're being rescued to see this helicopter flying off into the distance with a mosasaur jumping out after it would just be a really cool moment for them and i think there'd be a lot of potential to do something emotionally with them there as well because obviously it's that sense of abandonment and really being on their own um but beyond that i think the biggest thing that i want to see because i just can't get the image of it out of my head at the moment is an overgrown Velociraptor paddock from Jurassic Park. Yeah. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and and visit the visitor center again. Yeah. Right, but of course it's broken now after the Indominus Rex broke through it. But one of the things we didn't see them eat or drink a lot of the time during the first series, right? No, that is true. It's literally just that scene when they're on the train, I think. And that, like they get like the chocolate yeah. bars that oh, aren't yeah. chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Disgusting chocolate. Yeah. yeah. yeah right. so I hope to, to, that they get to the botanical gardens and get some uh, some nice fruits there and <laughs> see yeah. what the, what they were creating there, what the what they have in the botanical gardens. Yeah, that that would be really cool. And see yeah. how they, how they uh, plan to survive. The hotels were also mentioned by someone uh, at some point. That they should have food there as well in the fridge, so can be interesting. And perhaps that's where they get the baryonics. Yeah, that's the, what the I was trailer. thinking. The, the yeah, somewhere inside. So, yeah, I, I think that would be quite an interesting thing to kind of see them try and deal with. And then obviously they could explore the bunkers from Fallen Kingdom more as well. Um, because one thing that's always stuck with me is when I did my interview back like way back when i started working for the podcast um i interviewed andy nicholson who was the set designer for jurassic world fallen kingdom um one of the things that he said was that they deliberately designed those bunkers to look as if they could have been from jurassic park and then retrofitted for jurassic world so mm -hmm. it would be quite interesting to maybe see some more of that and like some old in-gen logos on the inside that kind of stuff um, um, junk uh, motion sensors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Or yeah. do you think uh, season three they will explain how uh, the Mosasaur Lagoon got uh, moved? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you'll see some. Uh, yeah. So a, a crew, a building crew there moving the Mosasaur Lagoon. <laughs> Brad has got the funniest idea for this. He said, in law, they should do it so they're on a computer and they accidentally edit the map of the island. <laughs> <laughs> the fun thing, if you look at the map that they have, all the monorails are still the same. So even at the center of the island, you have them all crossing the same way they do in the in Jurassic World. Yeah, that's it's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I guess one of the biggest things is Manticore off the back of the show. Obviously, another biogenetics firm who aren't Biosyn. Um, mm -hmm. Do you guys think that we're going to see more of them in the future? Do you think they're going to kind of be a recurring bad guy, or do you think it's just something that will be left open for the future? Could be, could be a link to Dominion, of course. But I think yeah. we will see more of it, or hear more of it. I hope we see, more, we hear more of it in uh, in the future. In the in the novelization, it's mentioned next to uh, Biosyn, so that's uh, that's nice. Oh, whoa! Is that the Camp Cretaceous novelization. Yeah. I did not know that that mentions Biosyn. That's really interesting. Yeah, just in that part where she mentions Manticore, she also mentions it's uh, another company than Biosyn. That's, uh, that's fun. Yeah, I like that. What do you think, Jeremiah? Do you think they're going to be an important part moving forward? Yeah, I think um, they're going to they're gonna be part of um, Camp Cretaceous series, but not of uh, Dominion. Okay, cool. Do you kind of think that they've been set up as just like an enemy that they can use in the show as the recurring bad guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something yeah. like indeed, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. No, I I think probably the most interesting thing for me with Camp Cretaceous, and this, this is kind of where I'll, I'll leave it after this, because I think this is kind of the most interesting question. Um, and I'll throw it to you first, Jeremiah. Do you think that in future seasons we are always going to be on Isla Nublar, or do you think it could go somewhere else? Oh, interesting. But <laughs> uh, with, with the concept of the kids, I don't know if um, they're going to reach Isla Sorna. Okay. Or maybe yeah, they sneak onto a plane or something. And then, yeah. Yeah, so that uh, Manticore comes to take some dinosaurs or some uh, samples of the island and they sneak on a plane and go to Isla Sora. Maybe, maybe that's the way they'll do it. But um, I don't think with the summer camp concept uh, you can go um, too far. Yeah. No, I get that. I, yeah, I connect with that too. Uh, it seems like too much uh, fan service. Yeah. Action. So then you you just need to create a whole different uh, series for that to go to Sorna. And yeah. go before, go to before Jurassic World, and go where Maserani is constructing Jurassic World, and make a series of that. Of course, I'm, uh... Jurassic World campsite B. <laughs> 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 Jurassic World creation. Uh, I like it. Whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's a good title. Yeah. <laughs> or just <laughs> Jurassic World creation is an act of sheer will. <laughs> um. I yeah, I fully agree with what you're saying. I think if and anything, then one of the main characters is called Will. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Do you know? I was confident of all the episodes that wouldn't get derailed. It was this one. I was like, it's going to be chill the whole time. We're not going to get too silly. But no, it's all good. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, 
no, no, it's fine. <laughs> I um, I was going to say, I think that kind of my oh my god moment, if they decided to do it, would be say for example they did a cliffhanger season at one end, like at a cl- I can't even get my words out now. Your jokes just blown my mind that much, Arjun. <laughs> um, say for example they did the cliffhanger ending. And, like, the kids get on a plane or something and go somewhere, like you say, Jeremiah. I think that's probably how they would do it. Imagine if they happen to turn up somewhere that's snowy and looks a lot like the photo we got of the clapperboard from Colin Trevorrow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a possibility, yeah? I guess. No, but, uh, <laughs> and, and go to, <laughs> then you would go to a Manticore site. Yeah. Yeah, yeah oh, they yeah, get yeah. out. And then suddenly that... Owen Grady turns up there. <laughs> well, that's that's not until uh, I don't know how many years later. So yeah, <laughs> the kids are all going to be angsty teens at that point. Um, <laughs> cool. Um, so we'll round it out with looking ahead to the next film. Obviously, Jurassic World Dominion is bringing back Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum. Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, B.D. Wong, the list goes on and on. Lots and lots of actors in it. A big kind of story thread to wrap up now that dinosaurs are on the mainland. And what are you guys looking for in this film? I'll start with you, Arjun. Too much I, to, to mention, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's too difficult to predict what the story is going to give us. So at, at the beginning, after Fallen Kingdom, I had a lot of ideas. Uh, well, to be fair, I had none idea, no ideas at first, but uh, I started developing a lot of ideas on what could happen. And then we got so much news about Dodson and about uh, uh, the whole main cast from Jurassic Park. So I decided to just let it go and <laughs> I'm going to let them surprise me. Cool. I like that. What about you, Jeremiah? Is there anything in particular you're looking for out of Dominion? Well, um... I just wanted to be good, so uh, <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> Maybe have a great standoff with a character from my childhood, and uh, a great goodbye to the characters of um, Jurassic World that kind of rekindled my love for uh, Jurassic, and um, a great introduction to the people that uh, will take us into the future of this franchise. I think that's uh, what I want. Uh, and um, I read that Colin said. Um, that COVID, oddly enough, brought the cast brought the cast closer together. <laughs> yeah, that's something special. <laughs> COVID bringing people together. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I hope we we'll, can we can see that um, uh, connection between the actors on screen as well. So th- yeah. that would be cool. So yeah, yeah I want a movie with a uh, with a heart and uh, you ca- that you can feel the love for Jurassic. That's uh, there was uh, a news article released here saying that um, over, that they had wrapped and that they had uh, done over 40,000 corona tests. Jeez. To go <laughs> over, the, yeah, over the period. So that's kind of, uh, a lot of tests. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, they came off, closer but... together at a social distance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's no. amazing. If you consider the period that we've been through, it's amazing that they got it uh, all wrapped already. Yeah, 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 it is. And I will say, I am very glad that Universal decided to delay it. I feel like yeah. pushing for next year 
as much as I think we all want to see more Jurassic, we want to be able to see it when there's not other things to worry about and when we can just all come together and celebrate it together. Um, so I'm excited that hopefully we'll be able to do that in 2022. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think this movie is meant to be seen in, in a theater as well. So yeah. So when yeah, you definitely. when you go to streaming immediately, I think you lose uh, half 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 the strength of the movie. You need a great sound, great uh, yeah, a big screen. I think that that's the kind of uh, way and you all, to see this. And all the oohs and ahs from the audience. In the <laughs> yeah. And Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> oh, if you can be there, yeah. <laughs> sure. Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. Then later there's running and screaming and... Sit down with your popcorn. <laughs> no, cool. I'm impressed as well. Neither of you said that the thing you want to see is Ellie and Grom back together. So cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've, I've seen that far Did too often. Seen that? I, I, I really blocked that out, I guess. <laughs> I didn't hear that. <laughs> I've seen it a fair bit. Um no, I, th I think for me, I agree. I, I want this to be a strong send-off for the characters that we love, and I really hope that it sets up a strong future. And to be honest with you, I'm not bothered about more kind of like Jurassic World films after this. I'd be quite happy for them to do some series, first of all. Maybe do some anthology films that follow completely different characters during this period of time, like yeah. other people dealing with the threat of dinosaurs on the mainland. I think there's a lot of scope to do this. And I think my biggest thing with Dominion, but also Jurassic as a whole, is I hope that Universal continue to take small but strong steps so they continue to build this into something that isn't going to be another Star Wars where it's going to explode and then fade really quickly. I want it to be something that has a strong base, not just for us as fans, but for fans for years to come as well. Sounds good. I'll see yeah <laughs> and on that note i think that that is it for this special episode here on the jurassic park podcast um so thank you so much to both of you for joining me it has thank been a lot of fun me. thanks i made it i made it yeah <laughs> we made it happen at last all right <laughs> um what would i do quickly just before we get out of here i will let get you guys to let people know where they can find you on social media. So, Arjun, where can people find you? I'm only active on Twitter. I think that's enough for social media <laughs> for me. Uh, but I do have multiple accounts. Okay. What is uh, the one you would like people to find? <laughs> well, there, there are two. The one for the Extinction Level series and the, the upcoming uh, other story that I'm working on. I uh, uh, regularly try to send out updates. And that's uh, Extinction LVLJP. So uh, that's the one account, and the other one is boss underscore Arjun, A-R-J-A-N. That's my main account. Cool. And then, Jeremiah, where can people find you? Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube uh, at Belgian Jurassic. Perfect. Nobody took that name. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so it's all, it's all yours. It's claimed. It's all mine. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Um, so obviously I have been your host Tom Jurassic you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and also YouTube um, and I would just like to take this time to say thank you to 
everybody in the community who supported Jurassic Gives Back. We're lucky to have a fantastic community of Jurassic fans who rally around important causes to really go above and beyond to make a difference. This podcast is ultimately all about the community and we could not do it without you. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Innovation Centre. Take care and stay safe, stay Jurassic. Thank you guys so, so much for listening to the 257th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. Thank you so, so much to Tom, to Arjun, and to Jeremiah for uh, a wonderful segment here today. Like I said earlier, um, I'm so happy that we were able to get Jeremiah on the show. And while it wasn't exactly the way we wanted to get it done, I still think it was beautiful and it was awesome. So I hope you enjoyed coming on the show, Jeremiah. And I do hope we get the chance to talk in the future. We can hopefully set something up on the Jurassic Wire uh, when scheduling is not so difficult. But uh, yeah, I again, apologies for not getting you on the wire. But I do hope to do that sometime soon because I, I loved your chat here today. So. So again, thanks to Tom and Arjun for holding down the reins there. And uh, again, congratulations to Jeremiah for coming on the show. But uh, yeah, also thanks to Aaron, I guess. <laughs> we we did a little talking today. We set up that segment. And uh, like I said, we are going to be discussing uh, a spoiler detail here via Sam Neill, who, 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 who discussed a dinosaur that he probably shouldn't have. And uh, we're going to discuss it at the end of the show. So stay tuned after the credits here if you want to hear some uh, spoiler chat uh, about a dinosaur in Jurassic World Dominion. But thanks to Aaron for joining me anyway. I always love chatting with Aaron. This was a Jurassic Wire week, but, uh, you know, things have been very, very slow recently as far as news. So... We're like, let's take the week off. We'll hand it over to Tom and uh, Arjun and Jeremiah to take over that week. So thanks again to everybody for listening, for uh, for participating in the show and charity drives and all that good stuff that's going on out there in the Jurassic community today. Uh, but yeah, I think that's about all I have for you today. So um, make sure you guys are out there staying safe this holiday season. I know it's tough and it's, it's just a, a pain, uh, everything that's going on and it's hard to stay safe during the holidays, but please do your best out there and be kind to everybody out there. I, I really, I love the Jurassic community and I think it's full of such great people and, uh, you know, every now and then you see some, uh, some bad apples, but I think... Overall, we've got a really, really great community out there. So please continue to be kind to everybody in our community and those outside the community as well. And again, stay safe and uh, we'll see you all next week. I'm going to go ahead and hand it off to myself for the outro. Thanks, everybody. Saddle up. Let's get this movable feast underway. Please give us a follow on Twitter at Jurassic Park Pod and myself at Brad Jost. Also on Facebook and Instagram at Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to join the Jurassic Park Podcast group on Facebook. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So please be sure to subscribe. Also, don't miss our toy hunts and reviews, in-depth bonus content, live streams, gameplay, events and theme park coverage, and so much more on our YouTube channel. 
If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We will read your reviews at the end of every episode, so please be sure to spare no expense. Don't miss us on the web at JurassicParkPodcast.com, where you'll find today's episode show notes, wonderful articles, bios from our contributors, and so much more. If you want to get a hold of us, you can fill out the contact form on our website or email us, JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. We're always looking for new segments, contributors, mailbag submissions, or anybody who just wants to say hello. Feel free to call our voicemail line at any time to leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening, and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now. Okay, team, listen up. We've got a new predator on the loose. Not you, Blue. The predator we're talking about is the coronavirus. Now I'm going to help you spot the main symptoms in the wild. First, watch out for a high fever. Second, a dry cough like this. Third, trouble breathing. It might even sound like this. Whoa, whoa, back up, Blue. Don't forget about social distancing. Keep at least six feet away from anyone you don't live with. Good job, Blue. We all have to be extra vigilant if we want to beat this virus, even if we don't have any symptoms. That means always protecting ourselves and each other, because this virus, it's invisible. It's made up of germs just like these. It could literally be anywhere. It attacks our bodies. Oh, Blue! Hang on, Blue. Drop it. Drop it. It's okay, girl. It's okay. Which brings me to my last point. Always wash your hands thoroughly for at least 20 seconds with soap and warm water. No! Hey, come back here! Remember, we're all in this together. Teamwork is our best defense. Blue, blue, no! Don't eat the soap! Drop that right now! Should be burping bubbles for a week! All right, so we are back, uh, and we're going to be talking spoilers, I guess, uh, about uh, Jurassic World Dominion. So, you know, back out if you don't want to know anything about this movie. Uh, Like I said, uh, I kind of set it up at the beginning of the show. Um, This is something that was brought out via an interview, uh, popped up on, like, YouTube and other places, websites and such. And from that point on, everybody was sharing it everywhere as if it was legit you know, a legit source information. So it is a source that we can trust at this point. But, um, you know, I just still wanted to treat it as a potential spoiler just in case you are staying away from all those things. So hopefully you've backed out by by this point. But um, I do have some audio here. So I figured we'd dive into the audio first to kind of get a glimpse of what we're talking about here. And uh, I think this is only like the second time I've listened to it. So let's uh let's dive into this audio here. This is from I have no clue. I have no clue. It's from some New Zealand TV show, I think. Let's uh let's take a listen. We worked with every animal under the sun over your film career, but is anything more difficult than a dinosaur? Yes, um well I've just had the last five months working with dinosaurs and it it was it it was really fun to do. Not least because uh, it was a bit of a return to 
the sort of original um, Jurassic, where we had this enormous, you know, life-size uh, dinosaurs to deal with. We had, for instance, uh, a gigan, a gig. I'm not even sure if I'm allowed to tell you this, but we we had we had a um, a dinosaur called a Giganotosaurus, which I, I'm not an expert in, in dinosaurs. So I suppose I should be, but um, it, it, apparently that's the biggest dinosaur that's ever been discovered, and and it could you know it could eat you in a second if um, if uh, <laughs> if the guys on the controls didn't like you. <laughs> Amazing. Sam, uh, changing gears now. The cannabis referendum. All right. Uh, let me uh, big yes advocate. turn this off now. Have you given- All right. There we go. Um, so, Aaron, uh, Sam Neill letting a, a dinosaur loose there. What do you I What mean, do you think about this This uh, reveal here, first off? The, one, not, not necessarily the dinosaur itself, but the reveal. <laughs> uh, that he, he, there's no way he was meant to say anything. Um, I don't think, like you said, this was like a New Zealand, um, like like probably like a New Zealand show or something. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like announcements like that are designed for global release. Um, if not the two big markets, um, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to disparage other markets, but I, I just think that like, when you look at markets like, um, the US or Europe, I feel like that's where that's where those get announced, especially like over in the UK, where I think Jurassic is um, like Jurassic is huge. Like it's big here, but I feel like it's really huge in the UK. They're, they're the ones that always get like the giant statues out um, on the river yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, like they're like, you know, their marketing push is always super massive over there. Um, yeah, this is weird. Um, bless Sam Neill because people have been talking to him for 30 years as if he's an actual paleontologist, um, <laughs> which I would imagine would be, uh, very frustrating, uh, because they're, you know, like, oh, you've worked with so many animals over the career, over your career, but you've also, you've worked with dinosaurs. It's like, no, the man hasn't, he's an actor. He's worked with puppets, <laughs> you know, you don't, yeah. you don't go up to like, uh, you don't like talk to Sigourney Weaver and ask her what it was like to handle to run from aliens or, uh, you know, to fly through space. Like no one does that. But like for some reason, like with <laughs> Sam Neill, everyone talks to him like he's like an official uh, dinosaur expert. Actually, yeah. I think it's funny. I would imagine that, that that's a nice, fun claim to fame. But what do you think, man? Like what? Uh, yeah. How do you think of that reveal? Yeah, I. uh I laughed about it. I um I knew that it was definitely something he probably shouldn't have been sharing at that moment, especially because he says like I actually don't know if I'm supposed to be saying this, but uh, it was he kind of like walked himself into the fact that they they're dealing with big dinosaurs again, which I found interesting because he's like it's going back to the old days of like dealing with big dinosaurs. I'm like, wait, didn't you do that though? Like on all your movies and and all that? I don't know. I mean, maybe they only had one or two scenes with the. Uh, Spino, but um, well, but yeah. So again, though, with him, yeah, they have like with his movies, they they did do that, and I think yeah. But even in the Lost World, they did too. Maybe he's just referencing the fact that it's going to feel a bit more like the old trilogy. Like, yeah, I'm sure that's that's the the tagline, like the the thing that they're given on a piece of paper that says, whenever you talk about this movie, make sure you say that this is going to be more like the past, more like Jurassic Park. You know, yeah. Kind of, so. Yep. 
I'm sure that's a selling point for them from the studios. Um, but instead, he just went a little too far in just saying, like, we're going to be working with some of the biggest dinosaurs ever, uh, specifically uh, Giganotosaurus. Now, this is – I never know how to pronounce these either. I'm, I am no uh, Alan Grant myself. I, I don't know. I, Giganotosaurus, I've heard Giganotosaurus. Uh, Dude, even so, – you know what? Up until evolution, because I read really quick and miss letters, I just thought it was Gigantosaurus. I was like – I've yeah. When, I've heard. <laughs> when the when the evolution lady's like, oh, Giganotosaurus, I'm like, well, that's a dumb way to pronounce it. Oh, that is how you pronounce it. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's how it's spelled. Oh, all right, yeah. I see English. Cool. Yeah, and you know there is a TV show for kids called Gigantosaurus. So I mean, you never know what's going to show up in these movies, I guess. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but the uh, Giganotosaurus is you know honestly, and I always say this, I don't know a lot about dinosaurs, so I know. You know, the stuff that we see from the films and like you're saying, stuff from evolution or honestly, the toys. They're the things that really help me understand these dinosaurs uh, from a much larger level, I guess. But uh, looking into this dinosaur, you know, it's basically what he's saying. It's something that's just massive and big. It says here on this page, uh, taller and longer, but slimmer than a T-Rex. So um, I'm excited to see what this is all about, how they're going to differentiate it from from the T-Rex or from the Spino or Indominus. How are they going to make it different? Um, I don't know. I have no, well, three, I think it has three fingers in, instead of two, so maybe yeah, that's how. I think it has to be in the skull design and it has to be in the arms, right? It's also tough because like you're saying this description, slimmer than a T-Rex, and I feel like the dress, I'm, I'm, treading, on, I'm treading on very... F- fragile than I <laughs> I feel like the Jurassic World Rex is already slim enough. Um the yeah. Jurassic World Rex is is not as big and bulky uh as as the ones in the the previous two films. I guess maybe even previous three um the original three. But uh yeah excited to see this animal. Um I wondering if it's a I'm assuming it's a biosyn thing, right? Because we're gearing up that biosyn is going to be the the bad guys or the competition or the new engine or whatever. Yeah. Um, I feel like anything new we get just, just to not muddy the story and to keep it less confusing. I would imagine that any new species we see in this movie is a biosyn animal. Um, I feel like we've probably been introduced to every engine species at this point. Um, because I think that if you start introducing new in-gen species and new and new biosense. I think that like muddies the story and like kind of confuses general audiences uh, sure. who aren't like major fans or, or in the know on all this stuff. So I would imagine that anything new that we see is going to be um, biosyn related. Yeah. You would think, I mean, like you're saying, like all these dinosaurs kind of blend together for a lot of general population. Like, uh, you know, uh, the Allosaurus or something or, or Nasutoceratops from Battle at Big Rock eventually just become a T-Rex and a Triceratops, you know, to a lot of people. So, right. um, yeah, how are they going to differentiate it? And I think the Biosyn thing is a good idea. I, we do know as far as like what we've seen from InGen in World, uh, it, it seems like that's – I think the one of the species from the Indominus – uh, you know, kind of mixed in there. So it is possible that InGen 
has the the um, you know genetic material to make this thing um, on their own, and I don't know where that would happen or when it would have happened. I'm sure it could just be a species that just was found somewhere or whatever. Maybe they did take it off Nublar in in Fallen Kingdom, and we never saw it. I guess, but um, no, really, <sighs> I I'm not I'm mm. I, this is I'm just speculating. I have no idea. Sure, um, just sure. based off the fact that it was used in this the. DNA sequence for the Indominus Rex, but, but where I'm just was saying, it like, where... was it used in film for the Indominus Rex? Um, it, can it be seen on a computer screen? Because that's that's where I feel like something. That's where I feel, and I've always said this. That's this is where I feel that the film franchise this is the first instance where they go, um, "Hey, DPG, step aside. Like what you wrote or what you've got on a piece of paper on a website no longer counts, and so the DPG has to go back and retcon." Or just remove information. Um, yeah. But as far as it differentiating, it would have to have. I would imagine that anything biosyn will probably have feathers, right? Um, because I think yeah. this is how you tell. You know, I think I think what we run into in this movie is I'm willing to bet it's like a, it's like a Transformers. Well, the the good Transformers have bright colors and the bad Transformers are metal. And I think that what we're going to see is that the InGen dinosaurs are the typical lizard reptile models. And I think that the biosyn genetics are the ones that are the feathers and the more updated. And, and I think that's how you, that's how you communicate to an audience member who maybe isn't in the know, Hey, this is an InGen versus biosyn. If that even matters at this point, like does it even matter who made what in this movie, you know? Yeah, I don't know. And as far as like where it comes from or potentially came from, uh, I don't think that's anything that was ever on screen. So I think that was probably, if I had to take a guess, um, it was probably like the Mizrani backdoor site between emails or something like that from Dr. Wu. You know, I I can't imagine it was anywhere else. I don't think it was seen on screen, even on the computers. I don't know. I don't take that to heart. I have no idea. I forget. Um, I can't. I can't retain all this information, guys. No, but, it's um, <laughs> so much. It's so much. But uh, yeah, I mean, as far as seeing it, uh, I'm, I'm excited. I guess, and I hope. Yeah, I, I honestly, I'm hope. Uh, I hope we're on the same page as you, where it's just some other creation, and there's some way to make it look different, whether it's a cool paint job or feathers or whatever the case may be. Um, because at this point, yeah, how do you differentiate between? t-rex indominus and stuff like that like you know it's well, it, just it's weird right it's like because you're you're on the same page as me is that we don't really we don't really know dinosaurs until they hit the movies or they hit the toys um you know we basically have to literally have these marketers like explain it to us like what this yeah. thing is right um i'm in the vein of like the indominus rex was in a movie and just in my head that's just another dinosaur like i know that it's not but like when I watch that movie, I don't go, oh, that's a monster. Like, I'm not I'm not on the same page as, like, Zach and Gray, right? Like, or, or well, just, yeah, Zach, just gray. gray. Yeah. Gray. Like, I'm not on that page. Like, I look at that, and if I if, – if you hadn't told me prior to Jurassic World that there was going to be a, a mutant dinosaur in there, I'd have been like, oh, okay. Like, that looks like a dinosaur. <laughs> like, yeah. the Indominus exactly. Rex. Cool. Like, like, I'm the people that the Jurassic World marketers are – you know, Indominus Rex, <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I'm that person. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, um, 
I don't know what else to say about it, really. I mean, it's just a uh, very weird announcement, like very weird announcement. Um, I don't I, I think that we're going to get stuff like that. I, I, so what do you, what do you think the odds are of he wasn't supposed to say something something versus he was playing coy and dropping something that the studio wanted him to drop on television? Like what which one do you side with more? Because I feel like we're going to get a lot of that in the next two years of like, oh, maybe I shouldn't say something, but boom, like information drop, you know? Yeah, that's interesting because that stuff, of course, happens. So I don't know. Just the way he kind of like fell into it makes me feel like he just made a mistake and walked into it. But I – yeah, I mean I'm sure we'll see stuff like that uh, over the next you know year and a half or whatever, two years. Um, excited for the toy though. I'm excited for that toy. <sighs> Man, it's going to be massive, I'm sure. I mean, the Indominus Rex toy is already huge. Spino is a little bit smaller. Uh, even though, you know, as far as I could tell, it looks like a Spinosaurus could be bigger than the uh, Giganotosaurus. But uh, who knows? You know, based off the Jurassic franchise, I don't really know. But, um, yeah, who knows where this is going to show up. And, uh, you know, I guess it's going to be an animatronic, so that's kind of cool. I guess we have to look forward yeah, to that. Yeah, we barely touched on that. Like, yeah. how, do, how do you feel about that? I mean, I think everyone out there knows my opinion on it, but how do you feel about there being big electronics in this one? Oh, I mean, I'm I'm 100% in. I mean, it just makes me worried. Like, I hope we get the ones that we want to see as well. Like, are we going to get a massive Giganotosaurus and a T-Rex? You know, are, is that going to happen? That That'll be interesting. I mean, we did. We have in other movies, so why not here? Right. My only worry is that it ends up feeling uh, rigid, like uh, the Spinosaur. Um, that and that's that's what I don't want. I would mm-hmm. if if the puppeteering at all feels like the Spinosaur puppeteering, I'd rather they just go a hundred percent CG, <laughs> like a hundred percent, like everything. Well, um, because you know, I don't lo- like that mechanical movement sure and i think a lot of that was just due to the poor filming (laughs) sorry joe johnson sure sure like but like colin knows how to film these things he knows how to do a jurassic movie as we we've seen several times now with battle of big rock and jurassic world so uh i think he's gonna get it right but it just like whatever instances it's in and how how do we utilize it without it going toe-to-toe with the t-rex like the indominus did i don't i don't I don't know. Like, I don't know. I want to see it go against something else or do something different. So I, I don't know what that is, though. But um, I'm ready to see. It, I guess I gotta gotta wait a while. <laughs> oh, 2022, man. <laughs> it's a lot of four hour conversations between. Uh, yeah, yeah. And we're like, well, twenty twenty minutes. I think. Uh, I think that's probably good. <laughs> I think we're good. I think we're totally good on something that lasted thirty seconds on on air. Yeah. All right, so uh, where can everybody find you, I guess, as we uh, head out of here? Uh, y'all can find me over on Twitter at Aaron D. Byer. Um, you can check me out on IMDb. I've recently updated it. Man, I've worked on all these projects that are like <clears throat> not coming out in theaters. So oh, yeah, very excited for those to open up safely, <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, I'm excited to just keep working on films and – you know, hopefully there's more news to come in the future. Yeah, and that was I was kind of thinking about that. Like, hopefully, what I don't know what the case is for the next month, um, but uh, hopefully we have some information for you guys to talk about in full, for full 
entire episode of the Jurassic Wire. But uh, I'm happy at least uh, Tom, Arjun, and uh, Jeremiah were able to take over the reins today. So thanks again, guys. Uh, but yeah. yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, so uh, yeah, let's let's uh, let's go ahead and get out of here. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>